Welcome to SADCAST, the podcast for working creatives. This is episode 54. I'm your host, Pamela Rooney's creative director and co-publisher of the physical magazine SADMAG. Happy New Year, everyone! I'm sorry I took a little hiatus there. I was uh, finishing up the space issue and then Christmas, you know, etc. You know how it goes. But happy to be back and also chatting with SADCAST founder, Jackie Hoffert. You will distinctly hear my cat Bijou purring throughout, but I think it adds a certain charm. Also, uh, we had to share a mic this time. (laughs) Don't get me started on recording this thing. Seriously, if anyone wants to produce this show, let me know. Speaking of new roles within the SADFAM, I've had lots of questions since we posted a call out for many positions on our team, and I just want to give you an update. We're growing, which is actually really exciting. I'll be staying on as creative director of the magazine, but it's been really hard designing all the things myself. So we're bringing on three new designers to help with the magazine and the event graphics. I'm hoping to rotate the print designer every year so we can get a fresh take every couple issues. And also it's a more manageable thing to ask a person. Not everyone is insane like me and wants to do this for five years straight. Uh, It is a volunteer position after all. We've also hired a new editor-in-chief, Meredith Cole. You might recognize her from previous issues. Um, And she will be replacing the talented, outgoing Sarah Harowitz. Sad to see her go. And the lovely and charming Michelle Sisa is stepping down as co-publisher, but will remain on the Sad Mag board. Thank God. We've also hired other great people to help with our business and development. And if you want to see more details about who the new Sad Mag team is, just head on over to sadmag.ca slash about. So... You'll notice in this chat with Jackie, we mentioned the sad comedy show, and I'm happy to report that it's back. We're still finalizing the details, but it will be in February, and of course, curated by today's guest, Jackie Hoffart. Have a listen to us discuss the state of comedy in Vancouver and the reckoning of predatory men in entertainment. So, so many things have happened so many things. since you've last been on air here. Mm-hmm. Um, I got married. Got married. Yeah. I got eloped. I mean... I mean, it's the same thing, but it's different. Yeah. I didn't have a wedding, basically. Yeah. I but, had an elopement. Yeah. But now, wife life. Wife life is the best. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's the same. Uh, what I would say, I'm thinking of doing this as a joke tomorrow at the show, is the only thing I've noticed that's different is that... Now you can threaten divorce as like a joke level in your no <laughs> no <laughs> don't do that like, like you know when it comes to like um, for example Robin uh, will allow the comforter to seep like the duvet is like seep far away from the corners in the duvet cover mm-hmm. and she doesn't really care and I like find it frightening that that that's okay with her <laughs> so. Sometimes I'll joke about... Threatening divorce over that? Oh, man. (laughs) But you wouldn't do it if it was a real thing. Because that's just too real. Too real. Oh, well, that's cute, though. Yeah. Yeah, any any differences, though, you notice? I mean, it's nice to be able to phone the bank and be like, well, my wife's blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, what's different? I mean, not really. It feels weird. Like, there's a family angle where everyone's feeling a little bit everyone's got different feelings about it oh Um, no really yeah I mean I don't know it's probably not like a super kosher to 
talk about on this podcast, but <laughs> up to you. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, yeah. Um, Was that why the elopement? No, no, no. Uh, no, it's not about like uh, not. Uh, it's just about people wishing they were there. Oh. And feeling bummed that they weren't, and it's sort of like, well. Nice. <laughs> Local <it>. color. <laughs> it's just about you know the marriage is between us. So, yeah. And the party we can have later. Yeah. So. Yeah. Fair. Totally fair. So, yeah. So, we decided to just get her done. So, um, now, wed- marriage. Yep. But also, you have a sort of new baby in the form of a comedy show. I do, yeah. A weekly I mean, comedy show. Basically, like, I've been doing, I'm um, hosting and producing and I should say my wife runs it co-produces it which is to say she supports me um, in producing it by running the door and making the playlists for before and after taking pictures of the performers and um, some light social media assistance mm-hmm. um, and um, yeah so I've been I've been booking that and running it for about three months now wait September to October October to November two months and uh, it's going well. It's um, yeah. it's it seems to be going well. Well, it's filling a bit of a hole in the city's comedy scene. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, it, it, <laughs> it seems as though there shouldn't be a hole there. But well, of course, <laughs> that's why it's a hole. <laughs> I guess, but it's so confusing to me that in 2017 there isn't a single show. Other than the um, sort of not exactly monthly lady show, mm-hmm. that um, which is a set cast every time mm-hmm. with a few traveling guests, um, there's no show that caters to um, like what essentially is like a minority. Except performer. for the sad comedy shows, which you also curate. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, exactly. But, but in terms yeah. of a weekly or a monthly show of yeah. There's, there's there aren't any others. There's people who book more diverse lineups than than others. But, sure. But um, yeah, the the kind of mo of the show is just to sort of raise up the voices of women, folks of color of all genders, and um, queers and people who are non-binary or whatever. So just it's we also have cis white het men there um, because we'll need them when we're the mainstream and they're the, they're the minority to like explain how no it it's works. just more even uh, <laughs> yeah it's, it's just well it's just more like what the world looks like yeah exactly so it's like yeah so tomorrow's show is I don't know and it's like everyone's funny like there's no lack of actually funny people out there no of course not so it's just a case of trying to amplify their their presence and give them a bit more opportunity and on top of it also there are actually quite a few people who are, uh, this has been more my experience with being a queer comic, but who basically just like can't really tolerate um, being at open mics. Like it's too gross and awful. And um, (laughs) not just the vibe, but also like the comedy, Mm -hmm. like in quote marks. No, no, like Foxhole's such a good vibe. Like, the space is so perfect. I know, I love it. It's in the projection room, by the way, yeah. which is above the Fox Above the Fox, yeah. So it's, like, a great size. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, it's a Wednesday, which means like it's not going to be like this crazy, like could never get in thing, but like it's always like pretty full and a nice environment. Yeah. So we've been, of the two months that I've been doing it, the first two weeks were still the previous showrunners guests. And so I didn't really have anything to do with, or mm-hmm. didn't have much to do with the promotion or the selection of those shows. So I don't really think of them as mine but the ones that I've done um you know steadily we've been growing to the point where we now have like most of the nights have been standing room only um it's full people yeah if you want a seat come by 30 um and like yeah we have oh yeah so one of the things I do yeah it's um it's a warm room for if you're newer to do your newer sets because those first like dozen or 20 or whatever are like very frightening and so it's the perfect kind of space to you know be a newer comic and those people still their friends still come to their comedy shows but you're good about mixing those people with like more experienced people so it's not like a crazy cringy show no god no no there's there'll no one's so far i haven't I mean, I certainly haven't booked anyone who's never done comedy. I've booked a couple people who've been up maybe three or four times. Mm-hmm. And other people who I consider newer who are like, have been around for like a year or so. But um, that could mean anything in terms of how often they perform. Mm-hmm. And um, and then everyone else is much more experienced of varying levels. And then uh, there's always like a headliner who... So I book about seven or eight comics and the headliner they everybody does about seven minutes which is the average kind of amount of time seven minutes in heaven (laughs) exactly and then the headliner does sort of double that and um and yeah so it's kind of like starts at nine wraps up around 10 30 yeah it's ideal it's perfect yeah i love it i love it so much too because i get 10 minutes off the top to like do housekeeping and kind of set the stage and kind of settle everyone in and then try to talk about something new from the week because there's people who come back every week like we've got a couple regulars or yeah. they're coming back kind of every other week or whatever and so I, it's important for me to try to mix it up yeah mix it up but not you know just also it's it's the show is occupying the majority of my sort of comedy time now and so I it's like my chance to do jokes like yeah. I have to really bring it and um, and I want to start the show off on a good note so it's really great practice for me to try to figure out yeah, the kind of comedian I am, which I'm very, very still figuring out. What do you, where do you think you lie? What's your... Well, I've noticed that I do... Um, I mean, what I've been trying to do is we drive to the show so that it forces me to stay relatively sober. Um, sober <laughs> enough to drive. <laughs> and um, so typically I won't drink until the headliner goes on and I'll have a beer. I might have some sips of Robin's beer, but basically... I'm sober, and my comedy is better that way usually. But have I you think, have you done a show where you oh, drank a lot and it was like, oh god, what did I sure. do? Oh, I think like the first several years were just because you wait forever to go up usually, right? And you just drink because you're nervous, or you, you know, you yeah. get that courage, right? But then it turns out that, in my opinion, the more you drink or the more you get high, the uh, less funny you are. The less like uh, you can pay attention to the nuance of your timing and mm-hmm. the vibe in the room and also just if you're trying to remember 
the trail through some jokes like you can you put yourself at a disadvantage so yeah um for sure that said I do feel like my style is kind of that the style as if I were quite stoned which is to say like <laughs> which is to say um like a rambling meandering cutting myself off constantly like but also expressing my asides out loud and mm-hmm. I think I think anyway mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure yeah, I'm still figuring it out. That's good. So, um, what do you make of the state of um, men in Hollywood? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, as we know, it's not just men in Hollywood. Um, no, for sure. But right now, there's like a real reckoning happening. Yeah. Specifically well, there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it doesn't. It, it includes comedy, obviously. That's um, true. Well, yeah. I mean, Louis C.K., obviously yeah. the biggest. Yeah, how did you feel when you heard that? Well, I mean, I'd heard the rumors, and so, and I'd heard um, to come out and sort of suggest yeah. that he needed to clear things up. Um, so for me, that indicated there's definitely something there. And like once that had happened, I was like, okay, well, something's up. Such a bummer. Yeah, and then I had seen sort of um, like reporting or reporters um, trying to reach out to the comedy community, especially women in comedy, to try to get information and collect stories yeah like, um that i there was it was clear to me that something was gonna happen um and so when it did i was like fuck it just feels like fuck nothing sacred you know no. like these fucking like you well, just i just you just feel betrayed it's I like do. you're a fucking snake yeah. you're a fucking snake and you pretend to do we're on our side yeah. like i just it poisons all of his work yeah. yeah and then it really puts a spin on how you would like you can't watch it again no how can no. you no it's i mean for me it's it's over because especially because so much of his um entire thing was about being like about sort of being quite vulnerable but in reality it was kind of all a massive cover <laughs> like it was it was yeah. a, and and you know there's I don't know if there's talk about whether or not him even like launching Tignataro's career and like releasing her album with her famous set at Largo where she talked about, talked about having illness yeah having cancer and everything else fucked up having happening to her or it wasn't cancer but whatever her fucking illness thing that sort of weirdly launched her career even though she'd been doing comedy for ages um as a cover like as a as a buffer yeah against criticism which yeah. is really i must calculating yeah like the thing is because of all the stuff he said you know he knew better so yeah. it's just really like you're yeah. fucking calculating yeah or like i mean i think a lot of I think a lot of like apologists have been saying, "Oh, he's a, it's a compulsion, right? Like it's a compulsion." And it's sort of like, well, is that? I don't know if that's supposed to make me feel better. I think we're all responsible for figuring out what our problems are. And I think that the bigger deal is that, um, you know, he had so much power and silenced people for so long mm-hmm. that um, it's unforgivable as far as I'm concerned. Oh, so. definitely. Yeah, like is it no coming back? No, no, not to, not for me. I mean, I don't think so. Cuz how would you ever know that they're not still doing that? You just wouldn't. Well, I'm so I've 
I'm part of this like um, coalition within showrunners in Vancouver that where we've sort of gotten together and we're we're doing a couple different things um, and we're not yet done but in the light of um, people in the music community like naming names and do you have a list a Vancouver list I do yeah I do but like um, what we're doing is so essentially I was like frustrated and confused and feeling like I wanted to do something but not sure what and because all of this is about power um, the power that I have is to exclude people from my room either not book them or not allow them in the space Mm -hmm. and so I was like just put it out there to my sort of comedy community on my wall and on the wall of um, like a women in comedy Vancouver Facebook group uh, that I would welcome people's stories and um, I would refuse to book people if they were predators mm-hmm. you know or shitty or mm-hmm. whatever were there some surprising names that came up yeah definitely um, <clears throat> but in doing this um, what's happened is that I've sort of joined forces with a bunch of other people interested in this kind of work and what we've done is we've gone to some um, trainings like um, there's this group called Good Night Out and they work mostly with bars and stuff like that to try to train staff and around like consent and like rape culture and like bystander stuff and Mm -hmm. just how to kind of create codes of conduct for establishments Um, and anyways we've done a lot of like educating ourselves but then also we created a form uh, like a google form where people will be able to report and what it'll do is trigger not only like indicating to us whether it's a first-hand story or a second-hand story, but also um, what they'd like us to do, like, within the power, within the realm of what we can do. So, Mm -hmm. you know, would you like to see them... Burn in hell? (laughs) Well, you know, banned from the coalition rooms, or um, what we've also got is, like, because I'm sure you also noticed, especially in the wake of, like, Me Too, all these kind of semi-woke bros kind of going like if I had known or like I didn't believe I can't believe it's this bad or whatever all these mm-hmm. guys were like oh like I would have beat him up or whatever mm-hmm. this kind of mm-hmm. like sort of cute um kind of naivete about how to make things better or how things should be different and so what we're trying to do is sort of like um mop up all those guys and delegate the work of um calling out the more uh, the the guys who are less like committing crimes and more being problematic mm-hmm. um and just so like i don't know say you uh it's so hard not to like use one of the many stories that tells me but like i'm well, trying we to imagine some well, sexual assault that's or some like not sexual assault that's so like we're not talking so basically there's like two pools of 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 people from what we can tell so far which is certainly a smaller portion than what is actually happening mm-hmm. um, and one is like um, predatory violent sexual assaulty rapey uh, so there's like a deep end and a shallow yeah. end of the shitty predatory pool mm-hmm. physical assault sexual assault mis- miscellaneous violence 
Um, and then there's like this other pool where you get everything from like um, online stocking, physical stocking, um, uh, um, like verbal abuse, um, like just general degradation, um, like shaming, uh, uh, bullying, uh, trolling all of that kind of stuff, yeah. like shitty stuff, but yeah. stuff that's not like, let's ostracize you from the community. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's more like you, we need someone to protect you from yourself. Um, yeah. And mm-hmm. also make sure this doesn't escalate. And so there's a bunch of guys who are willing to, uh, essentially be like, you know, like adopt a problematic bro. And go, <laughs> go talk to them. Really? Kind it's of. like a, like a big brother. Sort of. Well, we're hoping. Yeah. We're not sure because I mean those guys will also need. But it's a smart sense though of training. To, but yeah, there's definitely to, to have them kinds of chat with each other. Yeah, because they gotta clean their own house. Well, I mean yes, but also like they're not gonna listen to a group of women. Well, exactly. Because they're already being called out for being assholes. So, here's a good example of of how rapidly things are changing. So there's one. There's a group like a Facebook group that has. 3,000 people in it, and it's called the Vancouver Stand-Up Comedy Forum. And it's basically a gross place where, sure, people, the moderators are nice and good people, and, uh, you know, people mostly share about shows and ask for advice, and it's, like, just a place for Vancouver comedy people to sort of ask questions and get answers Mm -hmm. and talk about their shows, or whatever. But, um... In the wake of the Louis C.K. stuff, people were sort of discussing things a bit. And um, I think there was some sort of article about his legacy or how to view his work now. And um, I couldn't, like, I was unable to resist the comments (laughs) that were happening on this article. And um, and part of me, you know, I, I essentially I've sort of developed a reputation as this like whatever crazy dyke probably like just you know whatever sort of most disrespected sort of version of a person you can imagine what (laughs) for like no no no. what i'm saying is like i'm one of the only women who will go there and like fucking call out these douches but then that draws all the shittiest sure yeah to me and so (laughs) basically i suggested that it might be helpful for men who are confused about about Louis C.K. and misogyny to like form their own Facebook group, like to deal with their own to to talk about these issues, not in the space where women also are and have to like be reading all of this shit and reading all of these guys like discussing his legacy like amongst themselves, but like in the space that is for all of us in the community. Hmm. essentially I was like go form a men's group and then they were like uh, well they were like oh yeah like as if we'd get away with that like you want like what is this you want us to have a men's rights group and I'm like you don't get it whatever like you know it was sort of it got complicated and then it got fucked up but what happened was and then it got deleted because it got they started to pile on so hard that the moderators were like fuck this Hmm. but that happens but um, because comedians First of all, they think this is this sort of like unchecked 
um, status quo for comedians is um, I have a right to express my opinion regardless of how it is and if you call me on it either it's just a joke or and you can't take a joke or um, I mean like or you don't have a sense of humor mm-hmm. um, or you're trying to uh, you know dampen my freedom my free speech my 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 brain thoughts. Oh, man yeah my man feelings anyway so uh but what's what i'm trying to get at is that um within a couple days um not only did somebody in the community a woman in the community like a sort of powerful woman in the community um lay down a first-hand report of sexual assault in the forum it's totally changed the tone of the whole space um, but also they apparently did form a group like one of the people Ooh. who sort of reached out to me to say like oh I hadn't really thought about it that way and you're right da 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 they, so they've started one and so to me that's like but I'm just like oh I what's got, in there are they just like oh but no but I mean like yeah but I think it's good like because I think part of the problem is I mean basically I got laughed off off that thread <laughs> I stopped looking after I wrote because I, I wrote I sort of had the temerity to suggest that, you know, typically boys aren't raised to be vulnerable, to cry, to talk about their feelings, mm-hmm. to express them with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, how many podcasts are there like this where there's women talking to each other and how many are there where there's men like this talking to each other about their lives, their feelings, what's happening? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not as many. But They're I just wonder... talk about anything if it's not like politics or comedy or whatever. I like, know, but then are they actually using it for that purpose? Well, I mean, this is the thing. Like, I think it's it's a lot to ask for for a group of men to just go and develop those skills out of nowhere. Well, I, think, I know that's why I feel like that that a page like that would devolve into something oh, else might. very quickly. Yeah, it might. And then and then you've encouraged them to have a private channel where they can sh- yeah, shit on everyone else. Yeah, but but I guess it's better like, than doing it in public. Yeah, yeah. or yeah. in in the space that is also the space where the rest of us also try to do our comedy networking or whatever so in a way oh, like it's a victory to me yeah because the people who started it i trust and if it turns to shit they'll just shut down so it's things are shifting pretty rapidly but i mean i think uh there's still a lot of work to do but uh, you know i mean we're talking about a sort of fundamental misunderstanding about the about how to flirt on the very basic level. I mean, what we're talking about is not just shitty comedy and belief systems. It's people not understanding that like, it's not appropriate to touch people without asking. And even if you do, it's funny, like to, for, to women, it's so clear. <laughs> yeah. Well, and especially, I mean, personally, I would say like, as a woman who has who been dating women for 16, 17 years, like, you learn very quickly, not only because of what you ex- yourself would want, but like, you know, it's like, just don't be creepy. Just like, don't be creepy. And like, I know, I men just, just don't seem to have that same programming of what's creepy. Well, I mean, it's all very confusing because a, a lot of times we've seen it over and over. Women's response to an aggressive, you know, c- come on is niceness out of fear yeah an uncomfortable giggle yeah which mm-hmm. and they just can't read that yeah well i mean this is the difference back to the louis ck accounts i mean you know they probably you know i mean a guy fucking takes his pants off and 
You, that I'm sorry. That you gotta know. You, that that's oh, like course. even clearer. But still, just yeah. don't be a fucking okay. dick. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but, I like ugh, yeah. Ugh, yeah. How do you even boil it down to a sentence? You can't. Yeah, it's hard. Well, I mean, it's difficult because again, I don't know. I mean, I hate to. I don't even like the Matrix, but I feel like we have this way of talking about experiences in the world that is easily understood as talking about like we're living in different matrices mm. you know like men are from mars women well, are from venus no i mean <laughs> not at all but like um but you know it's 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 all the same thing right like we just have different lived experiences and our lived experience is like never not feeling like there's a potential for serious physical harm like the moment, especially the difference between inside outside. I mean, this is what was so beautiful about that Master of None episode in the first season. That um, mm-hmm. that one where Aziz and whoever it is that plays his best friend were like just yeah. like whistling down the street, like yeah, 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 with yeah. like a cute background, and then she's got some sort of like creepy, creepy guy follower kind of vibe and music, and it's like a terror walk, and it's like that amplified. And it's so funny because, like, I've tried to explain that to men, and it's like, they're like, oh, come on. And it's like, but not, oh, come on. Yeah, but they just don't get it. And it's like, you have to try, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's why it's the same thing with, like, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's the same thing with, like, homeless people. It's like, I can't imagine how scary it is to be outside constantly, to feel like you could get murdered like you're gonna die because you have no protection and no one cares about you like that's so frightening and I imagine it's just like living in constant fear and I don't know what that's like but I can try I can try to imagine I can try to summon up the sympathy and I don't think it's too much to ask men to try to understand what it's like to to constantly fear that you know, to have your keys in your pocket the whole time, to, like, imagine you can use it as a weapon, like, uh-huh, uh-huh. you know. But yeah. also, I think, you know, we're at an age, too, where, uh, this is what's, this is true for me, where, I don't know, it feels like it can't, like, I mean, it certainly could get worse, I suppose, if we were living in The Handmaid's Tale, but. <laughs> it's like, it's true, not going to get there. True, well, I don't know. You okay. never know. But, like, um, no, I, I mean, think Iran used to be cool. and But do you see up. how they're, like, well, in the States, they're electing all sorts of women. Yeah, that's and cool. No, I know. People like, are like, well, this is what I mean. Like, I feel like people are like, no, 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 no. Yeah. And I almost feel like it's not to support or in any way underwrite Susan fucking Sarandon. I am not on board with her whole, like, elect Trump and bring on the revolution. Because, like, that's fucking nuts. I hope she's regretting that. Oh, I don't think so. Really? Oh, no way. Do you think that's why her... Well, no, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> But I think, um, but I think because there's like a like an assault assaulter in chief, right? Like it it's it's unleashed all of this sort of fucking garbage, and people are like, no, <laughs> no more garbage, like no more garbage. And I don't know for me, like um, there's just all these layers, right? Like there's there's so many. Like there's like family members who who I'm aware of who are alive who assaulted other people in my family and it's like 
I can't say because we're like supposed to keep decorum, but like decorum is like, it's like killing women. Like it hurts women. Women die all the time. And it's like, why? Mm-hmm. What for? Mm-hmm. So that Louis C.K. can tell jokes. Like, no. <laughs> it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Mm-mm. You know? So I feel like, uh, and what's cool is, at least in the kind of context of whatever it is, system world that we live in now, like there's a market for what we can, I guess what we could call diversity, even though women are technically more plentiful than men, just slightly. Uh, But women, but also just like, yeah, people of color, queers of all colors and genders and whatever, like just those people who haven't always been the people telling stories. Like once we realize that all of the people who've been making the movies and making the TV shows and making the music even like just everything controlling all of the stories that we know and tell each other and understand about the world like you know I mean think of how many movies like even now watching movies from the 90s even it's like there's so much gross behavior where you're like this script was obviously written by a man enacted by a man produced by a man directed by a man because like it's not cool to have someone just like push and push and push to kiss a girl or like who who has seemingly no personality or (laughs) or care or agency at all which is yeah exactly and like i had no i had no sort of like script or like role model in how to court women because as a woman because like all i had were shitty movies and shitty books and i just i didn't really know but it just never felt right to me to be and I'm not saying I never did it wrong I definitely have been like a fucking dummy a lot of the time but it was never I never felt like I often wished I had the sort of like I don't know balls to (laughs) just like make a move you know but like actually most people don't want you to (laughs) like almost everyone doesn't want you to and especially if it involves like kissing or physical touch like absolutely no yeah exactly it's totally okay to be like just use words to approach someone, especially like if they're a stranger or someone you don't know very well. And most people will just tell you how, what to do. It's like, it's really not that hard actually to just see each other as humans. That's true. Oh my God. Well, <sighs> thank you for coming to talk, dark, talk with me. That's okay. In darkness, there is hope. I, have, I am hopeful, honestly. It's never been a better time for a show like mine. No, it's actually perfect. Yeah, I and, love it. Uh, and I feel really lucky to have it. Like the Fox, uh, you know, they've been pretty. They've been really supportive of of it. Not the entire time. Like it's important that people keep coming. Like it is, after all, an establishment where they want to make money. <laughs> but yeah, like, yeah. Um, because there's enough people who are interested in what we're doing, they're cool with it. Okay, well, everyone go to the Fox Wednesday nights at... Yeah, doors at 8, show at 9. All right, see you there. Bye. Bye. On that dark tip, I'm going to play a track by local Vancouver band Kim Gray called No Moonlight. Get it? This is from their album Compulsion, released last summer, and it's really good. You should check it out on their band camp or go to see them live when you can. Not every band is good live, but I can say from experience, these guys are. Here's No Moonlight by Kim Gray. 